Today, I welcome Tyrone Howe, Headmaster at Shipplate College in Henley-on-Thames, UK. In this episode, I discuss taking on a new headship, the importance of sport for mental well-being, the need for relevant future skills, plus being honest about your weaknesses. There's obviously a big demand on teachers anyway. Um, how has this additional demand um, kind of transpired and how has that uh, manifested itself within Shipplate? Yeah, let, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. It is really, really tough for teachers at the moment. Uh, they're having to react very quickly. Uh, the, the blender of hybrid learning, uh, having to try and maintain a high level of uh, quality lesson for somebody at home as well as those people in the class is, is difficult. Uh, they are having you know, running bubbles. They're having to do more activities because we have to split our year groups into various activities, into their sports. They're having probably, uh, I mean, they're having greater tutor time uh, because we are now, rather than having collective assembly or collective thought for the day, we're having, they're, they're sitting with their tutors in their classrooms. There's more, um, more time commitment uh, for the teachers in that regard. I mean, they are, we, we ran an extra week of mocks uh, from the first week back after half term. There's additional marking with that. It's, it's just, it's loading and loading and loading. And I think the, the one thing that people forget is that, you know, my teachers here are sons and daughters. They are mothers and fathers, and they also have their own family situations to manage. Uh, I mean, even from, from my point of view, you know, my son uh, came home yesterday from school. Uh, my, my wife picked him up uh, because he's now self-isolating. He's been identified as a close contact. So he's at home now for the next uh, 10 days. And I have to manage him because I'm the one that's closest. That affects my work life. It also means that I have to be even more rigorous uh, than ever here, just yeah. in case something were to transpire. So it's, it's really tough. But it is about leadership and it's about people responding positively. And I'm just a great believer in the tougher things get. That's, that's when you see uh, people's true colors. That's when you see them reacting. I completely uh, and agree. And, and that's what you want from a team. That's what you want from the, the teachers that, that, that work for you. That, and it's also from the kids and also the parents, right? Because, you know, th th this wasn't something that we all wanted. It wasn't something we all expected. It's something that we're going to have to live with and we have to react. And, you know, out, out of tough times comes a, a, a silver lining for me. There always is. Um, but it shows grit. It's great time for resilience um, for everybody. Um, and I do think, you know, from what we've seen at Shiplake, I think, I think you and the team are doing an excellent job. Uh, and I know that the parents are, are really delighted at the, the ongoing support and provision, the communications that you and your team are doing. So, Well, it's interesting because, I mean, I, I always, in the face of challenge, I, I think you, you've got to go back to your principles. And that core principle is, where's the opportunity? And actually, we've challenged each other to come up with creative solutions to do things a bit differently. Uh, you know, we've taken risks with things that we've tried. Uh, you know, really early on, we ran a virtual open day uh, and we had breakout rooms. It was, it was live rather than pre-recorded answers. It was really interactive. And, you know, you're, you are taking risks. And at times we've tried things and maybe the technology has slightly let us down or things have not gone according to plan. But we are definitely in a stronger position. We've definitely learned things as yeah. a result of, of trying these. And, and there will be plenty of practices that we will keep going forward 
which we, which we would never have discovered uh, had it not been for the challenges of the last six months. Agreed. And risk-taking, you know, this is the perfect storm. And I know when, when, when lockdown hit back in March, you know, to, to me, again, the, the message to all schools and everybody, this is the perfect storm to try new things because, you know, you're not expecting them to work because you never tried them. But actually, it also gets us all out of our comfort zones because the world is very, very different. Education needs to shift. And I think that this is the shot in the arm that education is going to need to step us up to be able to provide an educational model that is more future proof than it is. So um, the risk taking, I think it's a perfect playground, right? Because people are expecting it not to work, but when it does, and I've seen your virtual open days and I've seen the stuff you're doing to great acclaim, to great success. Um, and that's been, that's been wonderful. I want to turn our attention to something that's back in the news right now um, around mental health, because you know, lo lockdown in itself has been difficult um, for obviously the, the, the COVID-19 um, angle, but the, the, hid the hidden kind of killer in all of this has been mental health and the young. Um, how are you adapting as a school to ensure that the mental health of your pupils is taken into consideration as well as your teachers? Yeah, I mean, I mean, how on earth can we, can we not expect the mental well-being of, of these young people you know, how can it not be adversely affected? You've got, you've got social distancing. They're being told all the time about these face coverings, bubbles. Will they have exams? Will they not have exams? U-turns, uh, the pressure now on every assessment, on every mock performance. Will we have to predict their grades? You know, they're just living in a constant existence of uncertainty. And I think that means that our core task has to be to give them as much certainty as possible to counterbalance that. So we have really, right from the word go, we have focused on maintaining the same routines that they would um, have experienced here at school. So we have that live streamed whole school assembly on a Monday morning. We have our chapel services, we have our thoughts for the day, we, we have our communion on a Friday morning. We are running, we, we run a virtual sports day, we run our, we run our music concerts. We're running inter-house competitions. It's all being done in a different way, but it is maintaining certainty for pupils because they're, they're following the same routines that they would normally do. And I think there's, there's, that's, that's a bit of a, school is almost a sanctuary for, for pupils in a lot of ways when you provide those things. Uh, and I think, I, I think they're grateful for it as well. Uh, I think they, they notice and acknowledge maybe more than ever uh, what schools are, are giving them. And certainly here, while you know, we, we do have things that, that come up from time to time, where my office is, I, I see a lot of pupils around the school and I get out and about. There are lots of smiles and faces. There's lots of laughter. Uh, they're, they're on good form you know, in general. I think also what's really important is their physical well-being. I have taken a, a strong position in this, in that sport. And our Saturday morning sport is a core part of our educational provision. And it's primal. You know, these kids, they need to get out, they need to sweat, flex their muscles, be competitive, br just breathe the air and let off steam. And, and I think physical well-being is being, is being thrust up the list of priorities even more so than ever because that, you know, that, that leading into mental well-being is, is crucial. I remember uh, learning that the, the, the trivia question of, of uh, you know, where ASICs, where the word the sports brand ASICs comes from, and it's a Latin phrase, which is anima sana incorpore sano which means a healthy mind and a healthy body. And, you know, the, the 2,000 years ago, they were onto something. And 
for me, physical well-being and getting them out and doing as much exercise as they can at the moment is more important than ever. Yeah, and you can see that, but you know, and that's part of your DNA. Right? You, you, you are an elite sportsman yourself. You know, you, you have you have been there. Um, so, how much of that has actually influenced the culture at Shiplake? I, I, you know, obviously, I, I, I do come from a very strong sporting background, but, but actually, it's I suppose it's it's the experiences that I had rather than just being very good at something, uh, being exposed to you know uh, other people who who. You know, top coaches, top players, you see how they operate. You see them, how messages are delivered. You see how they communicate. And that left a big impression. I, I, I must have been decent, but I, I wasn't a spectacularly flashy player. I was very good at the basics. And I, I, what I did was I found something that I enjoyed and, and I seemed to be good at. And I threw absolutely everything at it. And the, the one thing that, that has stayed with me, which I've, I've really tried to bring into Shipley, is that you don't hear the top coaches talk about winning and losing. You talk about, you hear them talk about process. If you can get the process right, then you give yourself a good chance of a positive outcome. And that getting the process right means being rigorous in every single little bit, every step of the way. So that for me has been the, really the key message, both academically and in any other aspect of school, which is we've got to be rigorous. Yeah. Just, we've got to care about what we do. We've got to pay attention to the little things. We've got to set our standards high. And if we do that and we approach every day here with that positive attitude, um, then you know, the results, the outcomes, they, they look after themselves. I completely agree. And I think it's, sorry for cutting across you, you, know, you talked about um, the process and actually getting back to basics. I think that's a really strong message. I think sometimes we all get carried away with the end. We don't actually think about getting the foundations in place first because we all want the final product of everything. And in a 24 7, 365 world, it's even more expected that the end is quicker and it's nearer and it's achievable um, and everybody wants it, but they don't understand you've got to get the foundations in, the basics, the hard work, and they will, that will grow until you get to that point. Um, so, process is, 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 a really, is a really great takeaway. Um, this is your first headship. Um, what made you take this role? I walked in through the doors here uh, at, at interview uh, with managing my expectations. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I walked in and there were a couple of uh, pupils on the reception uh, who I didn't realize, but they were, they were deputizing for it for the, the receptionist who was off having lunch. And they gave me the warmest welcome. They made me feel like I'd walked in somewhere which just had a, had a genuine warmth about it. Uh, two dogs ran out from somewhere and uh, accosted me. And my predecessor came out and greeted me like an old friend. And it, it just felt like a breath of fresh air. And, and I felt like I was at home. And the, the other aspect of, of the school were its core values. Uh, we've got three core values. I'm pleased that there are three. I, I struggle to remember any, any more than that. Uh, but inclusive, individual, inspirational. And that for me is, is what I think a school should be. So actually that sat very comfortably with me. Uh, and I think that we're pretty authentic here. I think yeah. we do. We talk about them a lot. I'm, I'm trying to engage with, with pupils and staff. What do those actually mean? Trying to get them to redefine what is the ship they way. But a school being inclusive and being kind where everybody has value. A school giving everybody um, uh, the same level of support, respecting individual difference, knowing and recognizing that everybody's on their own individual journey. I think it's really important. And fundamentally, being in an inspirational environment, leading an inspirational environment, there's, there's nothing better than that. 
So as, as a head, I have, I have the most serious job, but it's also the most fun job. And it also is a job with massive opportunities. And I keep on saying to, if, I, <laughs> if you sit down with, a, with a, a, young, a young prospective pupil, a boy, and you say, okay, give me 478 pupils who bring a little bit of magic with them to school and 75 teachers who bring their bit of magic to school. What have I got? And a young boy gets it. He'll say, you've got a magic school. And I want to be the headmaster of a magic school. You know, they, uh, Harry Potter is omnipresant these days. I say, I, I say, I want to be Dumbledore. You know, that's, I want to be the headmaster of a magic school. So coming in here, I felt like I fitted. And I think that that sense of fit is really important. And when I'm already having gone through several recruitment processes with staff here, uh, the fit is the key factor for me. I hope you're enjoying the Inspiring Schools podcast. We're always on the hunt for guests with vision and a desire to share them. If you'd like to be involved or know of someone with great ideas at a school near you, please drop me an email to podcast at interactiveschools.com and my team will be in touch. Has it been hard or easier than you expected the transition from um, a housemaster at, um, at a big kind of other boarding school to, you know, a, a head um, in, a, in, in a brand new school? So uh, It has been... I mean, my timing clearly either couldn't have been better or couldn't be worse in terms of uh, stepping in at this stage. I mean, my, my predecessor sends me a message every now and again just saying how, how happy or much happier and happier <laughs> he's getting that he decided to leave. Uh, it's, I mean, it has been a tough transition, um, but actually the skill set, uh, I think, of, of, of leading a boarding house. I mean, where I was, it was a full boarding school. I led that boarding house seven days a week, 24 hours a day. That skill set's very similar. Now, there, there are aspects of, of school life that that I, I'm very comfortable saying that it's not an area of expertise for me. I mean, HR uh, issues, you know, dealing with the bursar, dealing with the states, dealing with, you know, I mean, it's dealing with marketing. That's, those are all areas for, for me to, to, to learn in as well, but I want to learn. And I'm also very comfortable and secure in the fact that I want experts around me. And again, that's something I learned from my sport was actually the top coaches they actually didn't do much coaching, but what they did was they provided expertise around them and they were secure enough in themselves to have that expertise uh, and that supported them, but also managed to create an environment in which the, the players or the pupils could benefit most. So the pupils are encouraged to be sponges. So if I can get, if I can get a vibrant, energetic, uh, professional uh, common room here, and I mean, I've got it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of them in the way they reacted, but the pupils directly benefit from that. Yeah. So, you know, it has, you know, it, it's, this is tough. I mean, this, this is tough, but actually 14 months in, I feel more in position as headmaster of Shiptick than I might've done without this COVID um, challenge because I've recorded more messages. I've had to make more decisions. I've had to communicate more with parents, with pupils, with staff than I would have had to have done, um, you know, ha had this not, uh, had this not transpired. So actually, it's been a steep learning curve. Uh, I've been thrust into a crisis situation, but it's exactly the same for me. Challenge, it's, it's an opportunity for me to, 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 to be the head, uh, to be recognized as the head, and to be recognized as somebody who can steer and navigate this ship through choppy waters. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's tough, and it does take its toll. You know, I get tired um, like anybody else, and I'm not, I'm not scared to say that. Uh, but um, it's it, it's it's the most amazing challenge. Yeah. And yeah. And what, and what's what's the alternative? 
what's the you know what's the alternative? So we we got to step up. We've got to be counted. We've got to work together cohesively yeah. as a team, and we will come out of this. And you've just got to keep your positivity uh, and your hope. Yeah, and and you know, and that, that's the thing. You know, you stepped up. You wanted this, and you know, you've come in at a time where there's there's extraordinary challenges. Um, but with someone with your experience and your mindset, um, the way you're driven, actually, I think if you could create a template of somebody to come in, it would have been you. Um, so I, th I think that's, it's been great for Shipblake. And, and I think it's been great for you to be honest, uh, as well, being able to kind of almost fast track some of the, 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 the skills and the development that you maybe you'd have as a, as, as a new head. Um, which kind of leads me on to some advice for, for new aspiring heads, because there's always those great deputies. There's always those great, you know, right hand um, kind of men and women who you have in a team that, you know, that, that want to step up. What advice would you give to them at this point to say, you know, how do they go off and achieve the dream of becoming a head themselves? I think you've got to be very, uh, very self-reflective as to where your strengths and weaknesses lie. I think you've got to not jump at every opportunity or try to. You've got to research um, you know, schools, see where you think you'd fit, what you can offer. I think you've got to come in and you've got to take time to get to know the DNA of a school. I think the transition period is really important. And I was very lucky in that I, you know, Greg Davis before me, he wasn't defensive in any way. And it could not have been a more positive transition six months. I visited the school. I got to know a lot of the faces. I, I felt as if I built up a, a strong sense of familiarity with the school before I set foot here. I think that's really important. Uh, I think not to, not to be afraid of, of saying, I don't know. Uh, can I come back to you? I think I think it's really important. I mean, as a general point, one of the most important things that was said to me once was, "People remember how you make them feel," and that's really important. The first thing I said uh, at the staff briefing was, I, "I just said thank you to the staff because you're coming in, choosing teaching as a profession, uh, you're committing one's one's life to educating young people." Uh, to try and inspire young people, that, you know, that's a big deal. And you know, they don't earn an absolute fortune. Uh, you know, they, they, they have tough existences from time. There are pinch points throughout an academic year, but they're amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. And when you get a, a, a group of amazing people together, it's, it's, it, that's fabulous. So I think, I think doing your preparation, doing your homework, working really hard, knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are, not being afraid to say, <laughs> I've got to go and ask somebody about that and, and just making people feel good about themselves. But also, I think being true to what your principles are, that's what you've been employed to do, is that you, you have a, 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 a vision, you have a, a, a compass, you have a, a value system, and not being afraid to, to stick to that. You know, I think, I think that's, that's what you're employed for. And I think you've got to be yourself. I mean, I think more than anything else, You've got to be yourself. Yeah. And it comes back to authenticity. You know, you, you talked about that, about headship and leadership and actually everybody authenticity works. Um, and that builds relationships because there's no facade. You, you, you get what you see and you see what you get. This is like, I mean, these schools are like, it's like a, it's like big brother. You know, you, you go into this, this bubble at school where it's all encompassing and you, you, you can't, if were you to, to, come in with some sort of facade it's only a matter of time before that 
that breaks down or people see through it. You've got to be yourself. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think people um, and, and I think you've got to say if you're I, mean, I said this up, if you're looking if you think that I have all the answers, you will be disappointed because I don't. But I've got 75 intelligent, you know, with a broad um, array of, of experience in that room. I mean, that's 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 the brains trust. They know what their frustrations are. They know what works for shipping, what doesn't. They they come up with great ideas themselves. So I think empowering the staff to actually um, feel that there's an open culture that you listen. You can't you can't give everything, um, but you listen. And where you think it makes sense, you you do try and make you know small changes. You're following on from your kind of your your lockdown virtual open days. There was there was another kind of disruptive or innovative thing that that I did notice, um, and that was your end of year assembly um, where you celebrated the end of term. Um, it, it was like a Hollywood production. How on earth did you get that idea in place, and how many rehearsals did you have to go through because it was utterly seamless? It it, uh, it started with us with us sitting down. A very, I mean, it was a very small number of us because we kept it a secret. And it, I just said, the crazier the idea, the better. That just, that, that's just be crazy. What can we do? And, and we also were aware that we wanted it to be as, we, we've been very ambitious throughout, we've taken risks throughout, and we thought, can we, can we do something that's just a little bit different? And we took a risk with it. We had lots of pre-recorded stuff. We'd managed to do so many things over the previous um, couple of months. And we, we highlighted those. It was a showcase of our, of our achievements. It was a showcase of, of how much the pupils had, had done. Uh, we had you know, golden, golden envelopes with, with vouchers being delivered. We, we got everybody recorded at home. And we just, we just put it all together. And the, the, the thing that I was most pleased about was, you know, we did it live and we had pre-recorded stuff. There was a huge amount of work behind the scenes. We, like everything, we prepared and prepared and prepared. I was determined. We'd responded so positively to the challenges in that first lockdown that in terms of the rigor of our academic provision, we taught to 3.30 on the final Friday afternoon. And I said to the teachers, we are not going to give parents or pupils any any scope to say that we took our foot off the gas. And I know that puts us under pressure, but that's what we're going to do. And then we're going to finish the school year with the most positive celebration of what we've done. And that went out then at seven o'clock on the Friday evening. You, about five minutes, it ran for about an hour, about five minutes from the end of it, uh, the director of marketing and external relations here said to me, oh my goodness, I think we've done it. And I said, do not do not say that because we've got five minutes to go. Something can go wrong here. But when we got to the very end of it, and I said, you know, have a great summer, it just felt as if we had finished the school year and that particular period in the strongest. It was the most emphatic possible statement that we had, we had coped with this and responded to this as well as we could have. Uh, but coming back, you know, it's, it's like sport. You're only as good as your last game. Yep. So I said, so I said to the teachers, we've now got to hit the ground running. You know, first day of first day of this academic year, we kept our standards high. We've got to keep pushing on. So yep. that's that's been the challenge. Uh, for so that has been th that was a it was a really exceptional piece of parents um, engagement and communication that 
I'm certainly going to hold up as a benchmark for other schools to use because it can be done. You showed it can be done. You're ambitious. Um, and the, you know, the fact you were brave it, and it, and it paid off, you know, and you deserve every accolade for that. Um, yeah, I, I was blown away by it. It was very interactive, which I liked, and it engaged directly with those at home who were watching. So they were, you know, people were sending in photographs uh, of themselves watching it. And also, I think it's a, a reflection on how to, I mean, I'm no social media expert, but, you know, nothing could be too long. You know, even the speeches, I mean, speech days, you're used to, you know, headmaster droning on, chair of governors droning on. It had to be punchy. Even the speeches had to be yep. short, sharp, because, you know, attention spans mm. dip if it goes on for too long. So, again, it, 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 there was a real energy about it, yeah. and there was a narrative through it. Uh, and I, I just thought it, it worked very well. And the great thing was that all, all you can go on is, is feedback and, and pupils and parents and teachers. And because we kept it a secret, even the staff they had no idea what it was going to be. And I just said to them, please, please watch. Because yep. I think you're gonna you're you're gonna you're gonna you're going to look at this and be proud of 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 attending and working at Shipley College. Yeah. Um, and, and that's certainly the feedback that we've got. It's a it's a great framework for um all end of year assemblies for me. I think you talk about being concise. It has to be you have to be modern and current and understand your audiences, and I thought you did that. Um I talk a lot around the future of education, the future school um, on this podcast and, and around the world, um, because it's a real driver for me to ensure that we, you know, education is fit for purpose for um, the, 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 the young men and women who are going through um, education. So it's not a, a conveyor belt cookie cutter approach um, that they kind of go to an off the peg life. Um, what are your kind of thoughts about um, and your philosophy around the future of education, how education needs to change to be able to adapt to what our, um, our, our kids need? I think, I think more than anything else, this idea of distance learning, hybrid learning, blended, blended learning, is that, that, that's going to remain. I think schools, there's, there's, you're going to have more pupils at home, abroad. I, I mean, I read about a school being, being established which only provides an online education. I, I think that is going to be huge. I think also, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm in the independent sector. I think it's 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 dragging. It, this has dragged schools up in terms of being able to engage online, being able to support online. Uh, I think it has challenges for the government in terms of having better infrastructure that people have, you know, better access to Wi-Fi. That, that schools and pupils do have various types of surfaces that they can access, and there's that there's no reason for them to miss out on an education. Uh, so I think I think that's going to be a huge shift. How, how exams are, are assessed, you know, do we, should there be some form of teacher input? Um, because pupils can, can, you know, to what extent are GCSEs a reflection of, of ability? Um, GCSEs, you know, have been questioned um, for their, their quality and what do they actually measure? I think they're, they're probably going to be, that, that, that discussion and debate is going to continue at a, an even greater pace. Now, uh, it's, you know, things like how universities make their offers. And should, and, and should education be more skills-based? And, well, and if so, what, what skills do you think are the, the, the top two or three that, that we should be teaching our kids? Well, certainly, I, th I think the shift is more towards skills. Um, for example, it, it's here, we, we obviously run from year seven through to year uh, 13, and we've got EPQ. In, in sixth form extended uh, project 
uh, qualification. You know, this project-based learning and picking up skills. So we've introduced the, the, the slightly more diluted form of that EPQ to both key stage four and key stage three. So year seven, because they're doing it at primary school and prep school, you know, they're doing projects. So they're used to that. So actually being able, I think being able to, to work on a project over a shorter space of time, being able to present that both in person and online, these are real skills that need to be developed in schools. And I think rather than just teaching content, what actually is happening in schools is you're identifying the skills that they need to, to achieve at say GCSE, A-level and beyond. And you're introducing those skills a little bit earlier. So it's much more skills based and the content supports that rather than teaching content and hopefully they pick up sk some skills as a result of that. So that for me, you know, project-based learning, I think is, is definitely going to be very strong. I think it fits with what people are, are, are you know, life after school or university. People are going to have a number of jobs may well be self-employed, work from one project to another, jump about for, for, from company to company. It's, uh, it's going to be a much more transient existence. Um, yeah, I, 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 th I think someone analysed it that, that I use a lot when I, when I kind of talk about this is that, you know, my, my grandfather had a job for life. My, my father had a couple of jobs for life. For me, maybe three or four jobs for life. And for our kids, actually, they're going to have three or four jobs for life all at once, right? They're going to completely juggle between things because they're very adaptable. They want bite-sized pieces and they want to kind of float from one to the other. And there is going to be a shift. Um, and I certainly think employers need to adapt and it's going to be something that's going to cascade down. We've got to listen to what employers want because we cannot keep offering the same education the same way because ultimately, you know, is, is our end goal to get them into university? Well, actually, the employers are now saying we don't really care about university. We care about you. Right? What do you offer? And so universities have to shift, which means hopefully we're going to get something. But it's not it's not a quick fix. But we need we need leaders like you. We need people that want to try new things, change and um, and, and del deliver the risk and lead by showing risk. Um, and I'm really kind of grateful for, for what we've done the last 14 months, not just for Shipplake, um, where obviously I'm, I am a parent, um, but also for what you're doing for, for schools in general. I think it's, it's, it's really great for other people to look in it as a benchmark. So, um, so thank you ever so much, Tyrone, for today. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed um, picking your brains, having a, having a, I'm going to call it a fireside chat, but there's no fire. Um, <laughs> I suppose I'm going to wrap up the game. How are you enjoying being on Twitter and hashtags? How's that? How's that working out? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, um, that, that's a, a learning curve for me as well. Uh, you, you press send and you nervously think, oh my goodness. And, and that dopamine hit of seeing a like or a retweet, uh, you know, I, I get it. I, I mean, I get it. Uh, you know, things like putting up a few pictures and getting them the wrong way around and, you know, the hashtags and the retweets. Again, it's, it's something which is, it's extraordinary just how you do reach out to that community and the, the level of connection that you can have with people uh, through that medium. Uh, I haven't quite uh, ventured onto Instagram yet. The only, the only thing is I do, I do wonder, you know, if, if somebody's tweeting all the time, it's like, when are you doing your job? Now, yeah. My job is to lead a school. Yeah. So the odd occasion, you know, it is on a rare moment that I do get to put something out. Yeah. But part of it is, is, is your view. It's your lens. It's your voice. And actually people need to see where you are, what you're doing. And part of that is, is a narrative and it doesn't take long. Um, but you're actually capturing a great view through your lens. And, you know, that 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 supports leadership because, 
you know, you, people get to see it and it's very authentic and no one else can see what you see because that's your lens. Um, so for me, you know, all leaders should be on there and either voice, either sharing the story or whether or not you want to be brave and, and step above the parapet and voice opinion based on, on what's going on. But um, it's great seeing you on there. And I think it's certainly given us a, an insight, um, particularly around obviously the, the love of dogs um, um, in the, the Shiplake um, family. Tyrone, um, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks. Thanks ever so much. Thank you very much. Pleasure to talk to you. You can connect with me on Twitter, Instagram, and via LinkedIn. Remember, keep inspiring schools. We need more future school thinking now.